Welcome to the Perfecting Your Practice podcast, where we will talk about finance for the healthcare professional and medical practice owner. This series is brought to you by Bankers Healthcare Group, the leader in financing solutions for healthcare professionals. Since 2001, BHG has worked with more than 100,000 licensed practitioners to help them reach their financial goals. Perfecting Your Practice is designed to talk about ways you can invest in your career and practice in order to set yourself up for success. Now here's your host, Chris Panabianco, Chief Marketing Officer at BHG. All right. Thanks for listening to Perfecting Your Practice, the podcast, Gene. Chris we got said it right. It right. I mean, we're on a roll over the last couple of months right. here. Um, I'm really excited to welcome back a couple of our past guests, uh, Gene Marks and April Brissett. Uh, Gene is very famous. Uh, he has written <laughs> a little bit here. He's newly knighted. Um, Gene, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, I am a uh, certified public accountant. So now we've just lost all of our audience. <laughs> as we, I, uh, and I, I run a company outside of Philadelphia. We do technology and financial management services. And I um, write for a lot of different places like The Guardian and Forbes and The Washington Post. Uh, so um, that's what I do. Excellent. And April Brissett, she is our Chief Credit Officer at Bankers Healthcare Group. April, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. So I've been at BHG for about 11 years now, which is much more exciting than being a CPA, by the way. I'm sure it is. Um, <laughs> I run a team of about 20 analysts that uh, underwrite all the loans that come into BHG every day. Perfect. So two very, very smart people and a marketing guy. So if I'm... <laughs> <laughs> it seems it's to be the common theme. Somewhere. It's the yeah. common theme of these podcasts when I'm hosting. It's very smart people and a guy who yeah, creates nice ads. Does marketing, sends yeah. emails. Yeah, sends email, mm-hmm. puts stamps on envelopes. <laughs> um, today we're talking credit scores. And, you know, after talking with April uh, before we started the podcast, she's got a really great perspective on what a credit score is, what, you know, paying attention to it, learning everything you can, and then being able to go from one, one credit score to increasing it. I think it's a really great story. So the topic today is why you're not paying enough attention to your credit score. We're going to talk about what that means and some things you can do. Uh, so April, why don't you give us a little little taste of that story? Sure. Um, so it's, it's really interesting because I feel like your credit score is such an important part of your life. And, and I feel like it should be taught, whether it's at a college level, a high school level, it should be one of those prerequisites, right? So that we're going into our adult lives, understanding the impact that that has on us. Um, but I didn't have that luxury. So I was going through the process of buying my first home when I was 21 and I, I bought it by myself, which I was super proud of. You bought your first and, home like two years ago? Yeah, that's a <laughs> nice compliment. Huh? <laughs> I'm on my third there, home Jane. now, but... Uh, <laughs> Some brownies so, we did. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I was very excited to be able to get pre-approved on my own at such a young age. And, and I unfortunately made the mistake once I got that pre-approval of closing all of my credit cards. And there were a couple that I kept for emergencies, but I reduced the limit on them. Why'd you do that? And I thought to myself, well, maybe it'll improve my chances of getting a better interest rate if my score goes up. At the time, I thought this would help my score because I don't have the ability to go out and run up my credit card debt. Mm. Unfortunately, that had an opposite impact on my score because as I know now and we'll probably talk about, when your availability goes down and your proportion of your balance to your limit goes up, your credit score drops. And so where I previously had 100% available because I carried no debt, I went to having 0% available. And what happened was my credit score dropped about 60 points in a matter of a month. 
And when the bank repulled my credit prior to closing on my home, they were they were thinking about backing out of that mortgage. So Unreal. that was an eye-opening experience for me and really, really spearheaded my, I am going to learn everything I can about my credit and I'm going to make sure it's perfect for the so rest what, of my what life. you're saying that, you know, you always hear about like, well, bankers lend money to people that don't need, you know, the money. And mm-hmm. the credit score almost is like a consistent concept with that, right? Like it is. You know, the, the the more credit that you have available to you, the better your credit score is. So people will then make more credit available right. to you. And that's right. what you did. You limited exactly. the amount of credit that you had available. Exactly. So it was a life lesson for me. Even if you aren't using that card, leave it open. Mm. <laughs> you know, the creditor will close it after a certain amount of time if you haven't used it. But if you want to keep your availability high, charge something once a year on that card so that the creditor doesn't close it. That's great advice. Mm-hmm. Excellent. So you know, in your opinion, you know, people, are they checking their credit enough is my first question. And then from that, what's the best way to do it? How do you sure. monitor your credit? I mean, Where we do you see- to check your credit score? Yeah. Yeah. The, first the best place you can go to check your credit score is creditkarma.com. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm sure you've all seen the commercials on TV, freecreditreport.com, annualcreditreport.com. Um, the majority of those sites have a, a hidden, like, you have to give us your credit card, we're going to charge you in a year type of thing to keep it up and going. Credit Karma is 100% free. You don't have to enter any credit card information. You can check your credit every single day. I know they update the scores on Tuesdays, so I check my credit every Tuesday. I get the email um, every yeah. week. <laughs> so, um, so you're able to go on there absolutely anytime I have an app on my phone. You can pull it up and look at absolutely so anything. So you're personally checking your credit score yes. every Tuesday? Like you're frequently yes. doing that? And what, and what that is, to clarify, my credit isn't actually being pulled as though a creditor is checking it. Right. It's what's called a soft pull. So the, the in, they're doing an inquiry on your credit and re- responding with a score, but it's not dropping your credit score. There's no inquiry showing up on your report saying that somebody pulled your credit. Right. How so. accurate is that? Because I've had people tell me that, you know, if it's Credit Karma, they use, I believe it's TransUnion and Experian. Equifax. 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 Yeah. So how accurate, when they say you're a 775, mm-hmm. how accurate is that? That's a great question. So each credit bureau has a different version of FICO that they might use. For BHG, for example, we use FICO version 9. If another lender uses FICO version 8, they will get a different score that comes back. Mm. Um, so you you can never say for sure that it's going to be what another creditor will pull it as. I know from my experience that the, the score I have on Credit Karma tends to be about 10 points lower than what it is when a creditor is pulling it. Now, there are a couple of reasons for that, especially if you're going to buy a car. When you go to buy an automobile, that that dealership is going to use whatever version of FICO gets you the highest score because mm-hmm. they want to be able to find you financing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And they're getting some form of a kickback by referring you to a bank to get that financing done. So they're going to use the most advantageous score that they can find. Other banks, if they're a more conservative lender, are going to use the version that gives the lowest score so that they aren't taking too much risk. It's really just a decision on the lender's part. What do you guys use when you're evaluating your you know, potential customers? We clients? use TransUnion FICO version 9, which is, I would consider, a middle-of-the-road score. So um, I was recently testing a new system with TransUnion at work. I pulled my own credit as an example, and it came back about 12 points higher than what Credit Karma showed. Hmm. We like that one. Yeah, I can yeah. tell. I can tell. <laughs> um, let me ask you, you know, so obviously having good credit scores matter, uh, particularly in the context of being a licensed healthcare professional. Mm-hmm. What are some of the things that they're going to need that credit for? Sure. I think, you know, any type of professional, especially in the healthcare arena, 
are probably going through a little bit more of an extensive background type check when they're looking for employment. Um, so, and oftentimes that will include a credit check. Um, employers and, and many people look at your credit score as a sign of your character. And when they see that you have public records, bankruptcies, judgments, that you haven't been paying your bills, they, they do view that negatively and wonder if you're a trustworthy employee. So specifically in the healthcare industry, I think it's very important from that aspect. Also, if you happen to be a practice owner as a healthcare professional, you will need constant access to credit in order right. to keep your business running, whether it's a line of credit or needing new equipment. Maybe you want to purchase a practice. You, you have rent some office space. Absolutely. Um, and you will need access to credit in order to get that done. And, you know, the cheaper you can get that credit for, the better for your business. So very, very important. How much do you think um, financial institutions really rely on that credit score? You know, like, you know, it's kind of like when you you apply to college, you know, they have like the SETs, the ACTs, right. your grades, your extracurriculars, mm-hmm. and they all kind of blend in. Like what, you know, is, is will a bad credit, could a bad credit score tank an application to 100 percent. the your credit score is the biggest factor that any lender will ever look at when determining whether to give you credit or not now sure if you live in a small town and you walk into your community bank you might have a personal relationship with that banker they that may weigh into their decision but your credit score is 100 percent the biggest factor no matter if you're unless you're i would say the only exception to that would be like a cash advance type of lender that's just looking at maybe your bank statements and stuff like that but any type of traditional principal and interest loan type structure it's 100% your FICO score. So going back to your story that you told earlier, you said you had closed all of your credit lines, your credit score went down, whatever. So how did you fix that? So time. Time is the biggest thing that fixes that. And so then I was in a position where I was 21, so I didn't have a ton of credit to begin with. But you did have a lot of time because you were 21, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, right? I did. Think back right? on it, like all the time we had. Yes. So I was young, and I now I've gotten to myself to a point where I only have a few open trade lines on my credit report. So then mm. it was hard for me to even build it back up and get other creditors to give me yeah, credit. Yeah. Um, so what I did was I, I did a ton of research and I determined I didn't want my credit score being pulled a lot because the more I pull it and try to get credit from new institutions, the more my credit score will drop. So it's kind of a conundrum. And what I did was every six months, I had somebody pulling my credit. I had to start again with store charge credit cards. They're typically mm-hmm. the easiest to get approved. And that kept it so that I wasn't having my credit score pulled too much, but I was regularly establishing new lines of credit. Mm. Um, obviously, making sure that you make your payments on time is paramount. That's number one, um, big, most important thing. But it just took time. And it's mm. it's no different than if you filed bankruptcy or you had a foreclosure or a short sale. It just takes time. But in that time that it takes to repair itself, you have to make sure everything else is perfect. You can't miss a payment here, go over your limit there. It just won't repair itself unless you make sure you're paying on you everything on time. How much time it took you in the end to kind of recover? I mean, was it like a year? It took ten years. It took two years for me to get back up over seven hundred. Oh. It did, and after that, I just made sure that it was one of my priorities. That was it. Um, you know, they did have to increase my interest rate on my mortgage at that point in order to continue moving forward with it. Um, and I didn't want to go through that situation again. So by right. the time I bought my next home, my credit score was over 800 and I could name my rate basically. Right. So you must have been kicking yourself. I, I really was. Oh my God. I really was, and it was just being uneducated about it, really. That's really what it was. I was trying to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. I'm getting April to co-sign for me on a few. (laughs) That's actually a great topic for you to bring up. Do not (laughs) co-sign for anybody unless you are prepared to make that payment, because that's another mistake that people make. And that does affect you. 
it does affect you. There is a misnomer out there that, oh, if I just co-sign for them, it won't have an impact on my credit score. And that's absolutely untrue. You have to be prepared financially to make that payment in the event that the person you're co-signing for can't. Is co-signing, well, we're, just, we're just, just ganging up on April, but is, <laughs> is, is co-signing the same thing as guaranteeing somebody's loan? From a credit score perspective, yes. It has the exact same impact on your score. Okay. Let me ask you, you know, what, what are some tips you would offer healthcare profi- professionals that are listening to the podcast now? What are some things? Because they're so busy. They're inundated mm-hmm. with everything, and we talk about it nonstop with all the, yep. the challenges they have. What are some sure. things they can do? I think, you know, when you're – everybody's busy in this day and age, right? And then you add on top of that being a healthcare professional. It's it's crazy to find time to be on top of things. So I think the, the most important thing I would say is make sure that you have someone you can trust that's staying on top of this for you if you can't be on top of it yourself. So, you know, a lot of our our customers have an office manager, a spouse that takes care of the bills, and I'll hear, oh, my mortgage didn't get paid on time because someone dropped the ball. You know, that can't happen if you want access to the best credit out there and you want to be the sought-after customer that banks want to lend to. So if you don't have the time to do it yourself, make sure that the person that is handling that for you and paying all of your bills is a trustworthy person that's on top of it. Um, And then secondly, like we've been talking about, staying on top of your credit score. If you do sign up for something like Credit Karma, anytime there's a change to your score or an account or a payment, you get an alert and you can immediately, right through the app, you can dispute things with the credit bureau because it it can get completely out of control if you wait too long to take care of it. So mm. those would be my my number my top two tips. Do you ever hear from your your people that say like I don't know why I have this bad credit score. I've you know I've haven't made any mistakes or you know yes. and, and and what what do you why does that happen? I mean mm-hmm. do, is it uh, why? Yes. So you could potentially have never missed a payment in your life and have a 650 credit score, right? The average right now is around 740. That's the average American and you can get as high as 850. Um and there are two reasons that that happens. Chris's One is 400, by the way. Yeah. I was looking at, but... 350 is the bottom, so he's got some way to go. Um, <laughs> so, Give him time. Give him yeah. time. He said it was all about time. Right? I don't so, have much of that. <laughs> so just making your payments on time isn't enough. It just isn't. That, that of course, is about 50% of your score is making your payments on time. But if you're the type of person, let's say, for example, Chris, you want to go out and buy a car. And you go to a local. There's no way he's going to do yeah. that. I just I'm told done. you. you I'm done. Let's, let's say you I go walk to a local. Everywhere. I have a bus to, pass. <laughs> you go to a local Ford dealership, and that Ford dealership pulls your credit. And then they decide to send it to five different banks to see who's going to give them the most, what's called a reserve, or who's going to give them the biggest kickback for sending them that financing. Then those five people pull your credit, right? All of a sudden, you've had six inquiries in one day. Huge red flag. It's going to impact your credit score, so that's that's one thing. And how then, you, it, wait, wait, stop. How do you avoid that? I mean, if I, you so I just I'll, I'll tell you how you avoid okay. it. I, so this is interesting. This is I just terrible. tried to buy an RV right. a year ago. Right. We had this crazy idea with all these kids that we're <laughs> going to buy an RV, cra- rent I, the RV. I, well, that's another conversation. I, I, that, for another that, day. We, we go with the camper. That. That's what I did. Go with the camper. And so I did that, but we went to a big expo and we found the one we wanted, or my wife wanted, and we went in, we filled out the application, and again, you'd think someone who is as close as I am with April and the company I work for, I would pay attention. I said, ah, what the heck? Let's see what this would go for. The next thing I know, my credit karma blew up mm-hmm. after that wow. and I lost serious points wow. and it still sits there. Two years later, mm-hmm. it's still sitting there as the four different places that ran my credit. I'm like, I don't even know who these people are. Different banks. I just, now, that seems to me an issue that a lot of people would have. Anybody who's going to buy, not, nobody's buying RVs like Chris, but you yeah, know, right. typical <laughs> Only crazy buyer. people do that. So what <laughs> yeah. do you, what, how do you fix that? So, my advice and what I do, I'm literally a car salesman's worst nightmare. I mean, I really am. You don't. It, it's terrible. But what I do is I get my financing in place before I go to look at my car. I go to my one bank that I know I want to do my financing with and I say, hey, 
I want to buy a car. What kind of rate can you give me? I walk into the dealership and I say, I've already got the financing all figured out. Just need to know the price of the car. Um, Smart. Now, if you want to get the best deal on the car, (laughs) I will be doing the marketing. If you want to get the best deal on that car, you don't tell them that right up because then they're going to finagle the numbers because they aren't getting a kickback, blah, blah, blah. But that happens to people. And let's say you couldn't find an RV there that you were 100% in love with or you found out that your truck couldn't tow it. And then you go to the next RV place and four more people pull your credit the next day. Mm. That happens to people. Mm. Um, And so what happens is there's these, these, these calculations that go into your FICO is saying all these people pulled your credit. None of them are giving you an account. That's a red flag. So mm. then your score drops mm. because they, the, the calculation assumes that that creditor is seeing something that is making them uncomfortable with giving you another loan. Got so it. not the it. fact that you didn't purchase. Correct. The actual, okay. Correct. They don't know that it was your choice or not. So that's one reason why people could have a low score with that and, and be making their payments on time. Um, the other thing goes back to the credit cards. So if you have a $10,000 limit and you've used $9,500 of that, your credit score will be impacted by that hmm. pretty heavily. So um, as a rule of thumb, you want to always keep your availability at 50%. Ideally keep it at 10%. Okay. Um, you know, Emergencies come up, but if you, I would, I would advise you use those credit cards for emergencies, not as just ev- for everyday purchases, unless you're planning on paying off the balance each month. Somebody was asking me. Um, I was talking about this. With the, the, there was a client of mine that has the availability of like a line of credit, mm-hmm. and uh, and the fees for it were pretty nominal to have that. And he's like, I don't really think I need it though, but you know, the bank says that you know it's available. And I was saying, I think it's it's good to have as long as yes. you're because I think that gets back to what we talked to earlier that um, your availability of credit has a very positive impact on it your does. credit score. It does. So it's showing that if, if banks are willing to give you that amount of credit and have it out there, then you know, your credit score should be positively And impacted. that all goes into that calculation. So if they've got mm. that line of credit for 10000 and then they apply for another credit card, that that creditor will look at how much of a limit all these other places have given you. That is part of their decision-making process. So mm. what I would say to them is even if you're not using it, don't close it right? Leave it open. Cut up the card if you want. That's fine. But leave it open so that you do have that availability. Got it. I've always wondered with credit card companies where all of a sudden you get your statement and now your usage of the line is it's smaller, but you have more credit available. They just make those decisions. How does that work? Mm-hmm. They're soft pulling your credit Okay. on a regular basis. It might be quarterly. It depends on the lender, but they're soft pulling your credit and saying, oh, this person went from a 750 to an 800. I'll increase their line. They've never been late. They're starting to inch up a little bit closer to that 50% mark. Maybe if I increase their line, they'll use more of the card. I'll earn more fee income. I'll earn more interest income. So that's how they're doing it. They're soft pulling your credit like we talked about before. You don't know that they're doing it. It's not impacting your score. They're just checking on, on, the, on a current client to see if they should either close your account sometimes, lower your limit, or increase it. Will your credit uh, score, you know, we talked about guaranteeing loans or co-signing on loans, whatever, but suppose, you know, again, you're a, you're a healthcare professional, you've got your own business, um, but you hold, you know, joint assets and credit mortgage with, say, your spouse or significant other. Um, does this, does your significant other's credit history affect you in any way? It does if they don't make a payment that you are a joint holder on. So um, this brings another type of account into the conversation where you can be an authorized user. So when you've got a credit card with Bank of America, let's say $10,000 limit, and you add your wife on as an authorized user, that will show up on her credit report. Hmm. She is not legally responsible for the payment, but she has the ability to charge things, and it is on her credit report. Hmm. That's actually a great way to help build your credit. If you're young and right out of college, um, you can ask your parents to add you as an authorized user 
either because it will build your credit history. That's great advice. You just yeah. have to be careful that you your parents are going to make those payments. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, if your parents have bad credit, probably not the best idea. <laughs> but, have them put a limit too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right, right. I'm calling right. my dad after. This. So, so if let's say Chris adds his wife as an authorized user, and then Chris doesn't make the payment, that will affect his wife's credit. So, really, only if the accounts are joint. Got if it. they aren't joint, then it won't have an impact. Okay, great. Well, you know, we're running out of time, but what what are some things, you know, quick hits that we can give to the healthcare professional that's listening? You know, your your top advice, you see a lot. I mean, we're yes. we're dealing with 3,000 applications a, a month. month that mm-hmm. your team reviews. Right. Um, you know, you've seen a lot. What what are some things and, you know, that you'd like to pass on? Uh, the, it's really just one thing. It's knowing what your credit score is. It should be part of your routine, just like you pay your mortgage every month and you do your laundry every day and you take a shower and you eat. You need to build that into your into your normal routine. So maybe every month when you make your mortgage payment, you stop what you're doing and you check your credit score um, because it really is the biggest factor in your financial health. And that really can affect much more than just your finances throughout your life. It really can. It can open doors or close doors for you, depending on how you take care of it. Hey, before we start off, you, you say to check your credit score, like on Credit Karma, for example, mm-hmm. um, which we say is the Equifax, right? It's They offer both. TransUnion and Equifax are on there. Um, to do that, though, you have to submit some private information. I'm assuming yes. so security number, you know, yes. whatever. Um, given all of the news uh, about, you know, data breaches and whatnot, mm-hmm. should people be concerned about doing that? I mean, I think anytime you're giving your social security number, you should be concerned. I would just warn you like anything else to do your research, look up the company that you're looking to sign up with, make sure that they're reputable, talk to friends. It's always good to get a personal reference if you have someone that you know and you're close to that uses a specific service. So definitely be careful um, about who you're trusting, but I think that the rewards are are very much worth it. Excellent. Well, Gene, April, appreciate it as always. Uh, Real quick, April, if people have a question, uh, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Oh, definitely. Uh, You can send me an email. It's april at bhg, as in Bankers Healthcare Group, hyphen inc.com. Great. And Gene, any questions about credit scores, then please uh, email april at bhg. <laughs> and do not email Chris P at bhg. Uh, folks, once again, I want to thank my guests, Gene Marks and April Brissett. Uh, it's been a lot of fun learning about credit and telling the world that I almost bought an RV. And for Gene to tell people I have a 400 credit you, score. Chris, Marriott. Okay? Yes, yes. We, we, I'll get the Marriott credit card and uh, get some points. Get some so, rewards on that. Yeah. So folks, thank you very much uh, for joining us on Perfecting Your Practice, the podcast. Uh, we are very happy to have you. We look forward to talking to you again. If you'd like to continue the conversation, you can email me at chrisp at bhg-inc.com or connect with me on LinkedIn. That's all for today. Thanks a lot, folks. For episode notes and worksheets, please visit perfectingyourpracticetoday.com. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with your peers. Thanks for listening to the Perfecting Your Practice podcast, presented by Bankers Healthcare Group, the leading provider of financial solutions for healthcare professionals. To learn more about BHG's working capital loans, business startup loans, credit cards, and patient financing, visit bankershealthcaregroup.com dot com.